Hi, I'm Alan Sentier, the Heartful Badass Coach. Being badass is about being the real you, being strong, feisty, confident, knowing your own truth and walking it, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, with a heart full of joy and boundaries that really work. I learned how to be the real me through telling and writing stories, and now I'm a best-selling author as well as a badass psychotherapist and coach. I tell stories a lot in podcasts and blogs and in the coaching programs I do. Being authentic, living your own story, that's being the real badass you. And being real badass is being full of heart, caring. Because we've lived through all that shit, haven't we? So we know it in our bones and we really do truly feel compassion. So come on. Let's do some badassery. Let's change ourselves and watch the whole world change around us. Let's make our lives, our businesses and our hearts sing. Hello everybody, Uh, it's Powerful Women again and as you know, Powerful Women are always absolutely off-piste and we're definitely having fun today. Now, I've, today, I'm really lucky because I've got Nadine Hare, and she is a, well, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to try and pronounce it all properly, and then she can tell you what it is later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, she's um, a, a fractional writer. Now, this is very attractive because I'm just an ordinary full-size writer, I think, um, but we'll find out what the difference is later. But I'm found... Nadine, because she was with a company which was talking about being feral. And I don't think that's a part of her life anymore. But the word feral so went boing, you've got to go and see this. Um, because my whole life would be feral if only I possibly could. I <laughs> woods and a hut. If we were allowed, yeah. If only. Um, and then I discovered her and I discovered that she had. Cats. One I actually have two now, two. just now, but I'll oh. I'll show you the good one. This is the good one, the well-behaved no. baby. This is this is the beautiful boy. Oh, yeah, I just adore the party face. Yeah, my little pirate cat. You're such Absolutely. a good boy. I'll give you some chuddle now. I promise. I'll give and you. Some, what's his name? Uh, this is avocado. So I'm just right. going to give him a treat now for that. That's avocado, and oh. Post is down the bottom here. I won't pick her up because she scratches. Ah, right. Good idea. <laughs> yes. No. Toast is glorious and long-haired and black and very glary at times. And very wild. Very She's wild. a savage. Yeah. Which is gorgeous. I totally approve. I've got a wild black one, but she's short-haired. Um, oh. So... You know, you can sort of see there's feral going on there, there's writer going on there, there's cats going on there. And then after we've done all of that interesting stuff, we get down to actually we've got some business to do together. Hopefully. Well, we think so. I think think so. so. We think there's an opportunity there. There is. Now, tell us about what you do to earn your daily bread and possibly for fun as well. 
My daily bread. Yeah. So I love that you mentioned the fractional thing because it's such a good talking point. It's something that's been coming more like more normalized. I think though you'll see some fractional fractional CMOs or CBOs and those people. Essentially, it's after my time in corporate. I when I was working in companies, you know, you do write, you write for marketing uh, purposes and I make sales collateral and all of these, you know, lovely things that help companies grow. But um, when I decided to go rogue, <laughs> feral, rogue, feral, rogue. feral, rogue, all of these things, when I decided to just, you know, go out on my own like a crazy person, um, I realized that I didn't want to be this, you know, content writer that you see a lot of people sharing online. It's, it's not that it's easy to be a, an SEO writer or a content writer, a copywriter. These things aren't easy. Mm. But I knew that I didn't want to do just that thing. I didn't want to niche down that hard. I wanted to be involved in companies and ingrained in them and seeing what moves them. And for me, it's very hard to just write. I really don't like saying just write as though it's that simple. Mm. Um, so I realized I wanted to give like more strategy to companies and get really involved with their companies. And if they needed me to lead their freelancers outside. And I wanted to do that because, I, you know, I was essentially solving my own pain point, <laughs> <laughs> which I had when I was at companies, you know, hiring writers that weren't quite right or managing creatives that hadn't been through a good uh, vetting process or, or they were fantastic, but they hadn't been trained properly. Mm. So yeah, hence the fractional thing. The fractional is, I guess you can see it two different ways. One way is the company doesn't have time or the resources to dedicate themselves to that fractional, to, to have an entire C, CMO or CWO like me. Um, they need somebody senior, like they're starting out. Yep. Um, they need somebody that can lead their teams, but they can't afford a full-time CMO or they don't really need a full-time yeah. uh, VP of sales or whatever the role is. So they get someone in for a day a week or X amount of hours or X amount of projects. And that's me, but for the creative writing side, well, creative writing in the sense of marketing creative, not the kind of lovely creative writing that Ellen does. <laughs> well, thank you very much for the compliment, but... Um... Of being a fictional writer, which I am, and also um, a, a sort of how-to non-fictional writer as well, um, is a completely different thing. As we've realised, yes, with these lives. <laughs> and um, this is part of a wonderful journey because, for me, Nadine's lovely because I can go and say, what do I want that for? <laughs> and um, which, you know, I'm sure lots <laughs> I'm sure lots of us want to do, but we yeah. sort of think, oh, well, we can't ask that question because we might look silly, we might look ill-educated, we might offend or something. And I got to know Nadine well enough to know that she was just going to laugh at me if I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and which is really helpful. And so it's really useful to understand that there are many sorts of writing. Mm. Very much. And none of them is the way to do it. And I think that's so important. And also, like for me, we have this lovely Nadine goes live every now and again and she shows you how to do things or she no warning. She does things. <laughs> and um it's so useful because you can go, really? Gosh, hmm? what? And you're appearing at the screen and you're going through the whole thing and you start to really understand the process much better than reading a book so when you're doing another one Nadine 
I don't know. I mean, honestly, I do them when I'm about to work on something for Writewiser because obviously I wouldn't do this showing like client work. I'm not going to pull out like a client's blog and be like, this oh, is no, 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 quite exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of when I have like a free time, but I think I am going to do maybe a recording next week, um, possibly uh like Monday Tuesday I'm gonna do it but yeah I wish I could give you guys uh, a set time but it's just when I have a free moment because it's for Rightwiser it's like my company yeah. client work comes first so they have to take priority Absolutely. and my fluffy friend here has to go to the vet on Monday so I need to work around that as well yeah yeah, yeah. um but it's so it's so helpful when you do them because um I was I was there at the last one and I was like yeah. what are you doing that for why do you want that? Really? It's fascinating. Why yeah. And the thing is, Nadine didn't mind in the slightest. I don't. I hope nobody else on the call that minded. Too bad if they did anyway. And um, they're not our people. I exactly. I understood by the end of it what she was doing and why she mm. was doing it. And before that, everybody had been saying, oh, you need AI, you need to do this, you need to do this with your SEO, you need to blah, 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 that. And I was like, hmm, 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 not my scene, not what I've ever yeah. done, not what I'm trained in. So did I need to do it? Should I be out mm. there learning it? Or should I be going to somebody like Nadine and saying, help? <laughs> In that tone of voice, because that's that's Probably, when we come yeah. running. We that, hear that, and we're that, like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you want you want Nadine? You do it like just like that. Just please, if play, you play. shout, I'll hear you. I'll yeah. I'll run to wherever you are. Yeah, um, just do playback to get in hand. Play, right? Okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll record it and make it into a gift so that everyone everyone has it to hand. Yeah, it's been really fun doing that, and and I I don't think anyone's offended because probably the people watching that. I don't know. There were some writers on a couple of them that I did, but I guess because I'm not really promoting them, I'm just like, I'm just popping on live and, and doing this. And I know some people watch them back as well. It's, um, the, it ties into what I was saying about people being trained well. You can yes. hire a lot of outsourced writers, designers, creatives, marketers, SEO specialists. But if they haven't been trained in doing all the different things that like the other their colleagues are doing, you really don't get any continuity in a team. So you tend to find that nobody really understands what everyone else is doing. They're like, this is what I do. And I stop here. And then I pass it to somebody else. Ooh, no, I hate yeah, boxes. You know exactly. How, you know I hate boxes. You're not very keen on them either. It's not, not a huge fan of boxes. And as I say, that's why, aside from the fractional little box, like I was like, you can have a part of the box. Um, <laughs> that's the only one I've put myself in because yeah, there's so many things that you can do. And depending, like I'm working with a company who runs a podcast, and that's their main thing, and a company who's. Uh, their their main talent is a psychic healer, and then other people who are. Um, for example, you know, selling a very famous uh, soda company, a pop company. We're not <laughs> so going to okay. <laughs> name, name any names. Um, so all of these have very different ways of working together. And while you can be a fantastic writer, you know, bring it back to writing, you can be a fantastic writer. That doesn't mean you're an expert in that industry. And that doesn't mean you know how to work with uh, a designer in that industry or a web team in that industry. So there ends up being no continuity between people. Um, and for me, throughout my career, I've always enjoyed working really closely with the web design and the graphic design team, especially, and learning about what they do. A, because I guess I like to think that if I'm going to do the job anyway, I might as well make it easy for the next person. Like, it's no extra effort for me to just do my job in a way that 
like understandable for the next person and they're not yeah. battling but to do that you need to understand how their job works like to a yeah. certain extent not I don't know enough to design I'm not a designer but I can have like enough of an understanding to be like okay now I've had to do this and, and in theory I think I know how long this will take you and I know I'm handing you a massive job or something that's very quick yeah. anyway um I'm sorry again I told you I would go off on a tangent I don't know what I was talking about now <laughs> But yes, when you're when you're writing, to be honest, neither do I. But <laughs> I think we were talking about the lives. We were talking about we, how we were, and how it was about how yeah. useful it was because you were showing me what I've had about half a dozen people trying to tell me, tell you exactly, and tell you how this to do is it. What goes wrong, isn't it? If you if you've only read all of the LinkedIn posts and there's so much knowledge online, this is kind of the problem. There's so much knowledge online. You have this impression that you can know everything, but there's tons of studies that have shown that actually if you don't practice it, if you don't do it kinetically, the majority of people don't retain it. Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, what would you do on your first job? What would you do on your first day in a job? You'd shadow someone, you'd sit there behind them. It's incredibly boring. You watch them do it. Mm. So I was like, well, I'll let people watch me do what I'm doing anyway. And I'll, you know, talk through as I'm going through it. And if they ask questions, I'll answer the questions. But um, no, I find those really fun. It's it's kind of, it's fun when people come in and they're like, oh, I'm an SEO writer. And this is really interesting to see how you do it. Like the tools that you use or the way that you structure things because everyone has a different sort of routine. But it's also really fun when people like Ellen come on and they're like, why are you doing this? This is bizarre. Like, like yeah. they can't even see why we would want to do it. Yeah. Um, because then we can say, oh, there is a purpose for this. There is a purpose for this kind of writing. It's so different to fiction, nonfiction, uh, uh, storytelling, writing, all of these things. It's so different, but yeah. it has a very clear purpose, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's also different to, well, no, it has some similarities. Um I think you know, maybe some of the listeners do. Um, I used to be a, a software boffin. Apparently, I'm not allowed to say yes. that we're boffin anymore, but I'm going to say it anyway. So tough. I'm a software boffin. Um, used to build relational databases for our Ministry of Defense and all this sort of thing. And we also, because we'd built the system, um, so we weren't picking up somebody else's. <clears throat> Mm, and adapting it we were actually creating the thing and it was for a whole group of about um 500 people who are all going to work it right and the poor souls needed instruction manuals yeah of course and we'd all been brought up in the computer age which where one of the jokes was if all else fails read the manual okay not not reboot i thought it was turn it off and turn it back on again no that, that no that came a bit later that's the second bit. <laughs> if you've tried to do this properly um and all else fails read the manual but it also says that if that if you do that it assumes that you can do something intuitively right exactly yeah and people want to do things intuitively they don't want to sit there you know, remembering school, reading all those history books and math books, and oh god, that was boring. Um, and it sends you to sleep. So we had to try and give them some instruction manuals that were as brief as we could, as succinct as mm. we could, and said, if then do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like as though you're coding. Well, yes. When this do that yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly and we've because we all come through coding um 
And, you know, we, me and my colleagues were at the design stage and we got a, a bunch of people who are our team, who are our coders. Mm. Um, and But we worked with them too. But it was all like, this is about problem solving. And their problem is, it's just frozen on me. It's died. I don't know what to do next. Panic. Where's Where's the send button? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it, we tried to be simple. And it was like showing them. And that's what I found when I was working with your, your webinar, hmm. that I was actually seeing it happen, and therefore I could understand it. And I love that you brought up this, uh, if that, if this, then that, because actually probably the... I had this horrific boss, like really horrific, uh, sort of like movie, film, industry, um, material horrific. But one thing that he did teach me was that when you're emailing the rest of the team, because I've worked on a lot of startups and staff, so I'm always like the non-techie person on a tech team. <laughs> and he's like, when you need them to do something, you need to use the if-when formula. So yeah. bullet point things, you need them to do something. It needs to be top, this is what you need to do. Follow these instructions. Do yeah. this, then that. then And by teaching me that, that actually helped me communicate so much better in like corporate the corporate world because your emailing then becomes so punctual and concise and 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 as you say you know it's kind of prescriptive um you put at the top you know if you don't want to read all of this that's fine you don't have to but then there are step-by-step instructions on what I'm expecting I've done that exactly I've done that and I because what might be obvious for you isn't for everyone else no. You know, like I, if you put me in like a coding situation or any kind of software situation or any of the jobs with the people that I usually work with, I would be lost. I would have no idea. But if somebody gave me a step by step instruction, I'm probably clever enough to work it out. Yeah. And most people are. And I think mm-hmm. that's really important. When I started, um, I mean, I started learning coding and programming and the machine we all learned on. This is going to you can all crack up and laugh at this. This was so long. I'm really ago. laughing that uh, our machine was enormous it was the size of your your fridge under the counter and it was all of 50 kilobytes wow so it it did like two sentences minus your phone yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) and it was all we learned by punch cards and things like that and i'm really glad we did Hmm. because it gave you this on off idea But one of the ways they started us off was we had to write the program that was going to tell a Martian, a person from Mars, how to boil an egg. Mm. Which was A, (laughs) hysterically funny. Yeah. So it got us all in a good mood. And B, you know, fairly quickly people sort of said, well, does a Martian know what an egg is? Yeah. Do they know what, like, water is? Do they know what what am I doing? What's a tap? You know, yeah. what's a kettle? <laughs> and it, it kept, we didn't actually ever write the whole damn thing, but it got us into the thing that it's like, don't assume somebody knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. I think, what you were doing as well. Oh, I'm glad you think that. Yeah, it's a lot of people would see it as dumbing down. I, and I, for me, that's an issue because, as you know, we all, well, as you know, and anyone watching this knows, the majority of us have specialties. Yeah. Nonetheless, we still have this kind of ego inside us that's like, oh, I don't want to be talked down to. Mm. Um, 
those people, in my opinion, I guess they're never going to learn what I'm doing, but that's fine. They can contract me to do it. They don't need to understand Absolutely. why. Yeah. But the, there are a lot of people, and I think I'm one of these people. If I go to the doctor, I want to know why I'm sick. Like what, what, what is, you know, why is my knee feeling like, which is the bit that's really hurting me? Yeah. Like show me in the, so for me, while I don't necessarily, that doesn't make me a knee doctor. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to understand all of the things. So yeah. I really appreciate when people explain things like that to me. So um, for me, that's like, okay, well, look, you can understand. I'm, I'm not assuming that by showing you this, I'm giving you all of my secrets because it's not as simple as I saw it. I understand it. I can do it. You know, there's experience behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, I think I don't want to gatekeep information it's yeah. just like like if you if you wanted to you could learn this I say the information is out there so I don't have anything in my head that yeah. isn't on the internet somewhere yeah. so why not just show people you yeah. know they might just be interested they might just like laughing along with my like typos and me battling with my computer I'm feeling good she does that too if they does that too any honesty at all because, because I people, anybody people who writers don't make typos or spelling mistakes there's so many words that I can't spell there's so, like just my brain has like a block on them I don't know if this happens to you Alan but like there's like some words like uh definitely I always think it has an A in it and it, it doesn't matter how many times I tell myself it doesn't have an A in it and I still use the one cup and two sugars for necessary and I think people <laughs> think that writers don't do this <laughs> Um, some of us do but there's also the thing that um you get ahead of yourself I mean I I'm typing away and I I could I look like I'm dyslexic (laughs) and I'm not it's just my fingers can't keep up with my hand my head yeah I'm missing a word I'm missing a letter I'm just dashing through something that is nearly oh I got a lovely one from um somebody I hope well we're going to be working together and he had written um oh sorry you didn't get this first time I mistyped your email but he mistyped all as one word he forgot to put the space in mistyped okay so what I read was mistyped (laughs) (laughs) so then you're even more confused I want one I want one. How many feet does it have? <laughs> <laughs> and so I sent, I sent it back, sent a note back to him saying, yeah. I know he'll enjoy it. But, you know, there's that sense of humour with yourself as well. And if you can actually mm. sort of, well, you know, hell, the sun's still going to come, going to rise tomorrow morning. It's probably going to be okay. Yeah. And if it isn't, I won't notice anyway. So um, it, it, Look, you will because the cat will wake you up. And tell you that it's time for food. Soon, if the sun doesn't rise. <laughs> well, we we're going back. We're not getting before. into a deep philosophical discussion like that because <laughs> I know we could. Stop, Nadine. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You're right. Yeah, I think it's important. And I mean, that's one of the feelings that um, for me, uh, we haven't actually started working yet, but we have talked about it, um, that um, I would be using someone like Nadine. And I think Nadine in this case, because she doesn't leave, she doesn't assume I know and she doesn't assume I don't know. And so just leave it to me. I'll do it for you. Hmm. And that's awful. You know, and you sort of squizzle at the end of it. And um, I think that's something very important. And possibly mm. 
to go back to fractionalizing things because you work with lots of people and you're just working with one people what one people one person okay and um that you exemplifying the point of that we make mistakes (laughs) i think everybody's fairly used to i do by now but anyway but it's because you're working with several people you've got lots and lots of viewpoints on things and you seem to share them with others do you feel that that's what you do yeah, if, if I can, if I can do it without like breaking any NDAs, I think it is important to share um, all the different ways you can make things. Like I shared yesterday a post about like, look, you do one blog. Okay, that's what people tend to think of when they hear content marketing. Yeah, Not obviously not all we do, but you could actually do a lot with one blog. But all of those ideas have come from working with different people because probably not one company, like one SaaS startup is not going to turn every blog into a podcast and a video script and an infographic. But they might regularly turn every blog into an infographic, let's say, mm-hmm. or every time their CEO is invited to a podcast and I wrote the script for him or not the script, the talking points, you know, like the information that he needs to share. They might every single time turn that into snippets that they can share on social media. So those learnings that I get from those other companies or sort of testing things out and seeing what works, of course, I share it with everyone. I would always say without naming names, um, discover this on TikTok. Yeah, we've been doing this. It's been a disaster. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very good. Because yeah. I think this is the 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 fun and the frustrating thing about marketing in general mm. is that it's changing all the time. And I think like I don't want to go off on a tangent complaining about the algorithm on LinkedIn, but the, it's always guesswork. We mm. don't, at least with Google, when Google changes its rules, they tell us. Yeah. And we sort of have an idea, like we very quickly work out, okay, now it's like reading for this sort of thing and we need to keywords uh, keyword phrases are going to work this way we quite quickly get an idea I feel like with LinkedIn we're just guessing TikTok is very much the same is it they do yeah and they do put out that's not to say they don't put out product announcements but the algorithm updates we're often trying to work out okay is this working well like did this video go viral (laughs) because people really liked it or because the algorithm pushed it so uh, it's always a bit of a guessing game and yeah. you're always testing things out and you're never an expert. So that makes you very humble <laughs> because you can yeah. never be an expert because you don't know what Pinterest is going to do tomorrow or what Instagram is going to do. I thought that was a clever one, not an expert. Oh, I'm... <laughs> yeah, we have to be a little telepathic. Yeah, it's just um, maybe we, you could help me with that, to be honest, Ellen, because it is a lot of guesswork. It's a lot of, it's a lot of educated guests you know yeah. this has happened this has worked well in the past it's logical that they would have made this update therefore we're going to cater to it without thinking without ever leaving besides like what are humans liking at the moment humans are always exactly. liking yeah. the interaction that's not changing so that's a constant that you can always work towards is that we're actually trying to talk to humans yes we're working with the algorithm so we reach the humans we want to see um but what do humans like and also, there's the other thing, and this takes me back to my, my boffin days. Um, we had this wonderful um, acronym, which probably is still around now, G-I-G-O, GIGO. Garbage <laughs> in, garbage out. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And we all had to remember it. We're giving this right from the beginning. If you put garbage in there, you'll get garbage out. Yeah, yeah. And the same must still happen today. 
Mm. So, you know, you get something slightly wrong mm. uh, it, and it comes out rubbish. So your problems <laughs> yeah. are, are, are sort of amplified by that. And yeah. at the same time, you are working. I mean, it's the humans who are going to pay for the product in the end yeah. that whoever it is is trying to sell. And the human has to like it somehow mm-hmm. um does the algorithm actually understand what human likes or are we back to terminator or something well there's so, so much to unpack there i mean first i will say to the geigo point i wish more people would understand that because i think that the misunderstanding of ai it's like okay the ai can only do currently yeah. good job like a good work if you give it good input so people are like oh ai doesn't work and ai art and all of these things okay but okay it doesn't always get it right like a human wouldn't um but also it's only working with what you give it yeah. so you have to give it you know gold if you want gold out mm-hmm. um otherwise you're going to get a picture with like the arm up here or something <laughs> weird like that you know you have to give it good information yeah. um but yeah the the kind of using these tools to our advantage mm-hmm. I think AI is pretty good at working out what people like if you train it again. So I first started learning about this, honestly, not like in my job, but in my personal life. I was kind of coming off like a, I was kind of getting very anti-diet and very anti-perfect Instagram bodies and faces. And I was just kind of sick of seeing these people who are perfectly quaffed, like, you know, (laughs) and always, always perfectly slim and, you know, this kind of spelt perfection that we consider perfection which is completely unrealistic mm-hmm. so I was training my Instagram feed to not show me that crap to be honest because I was like I don't need to see this I'd much rather see um I don't know advice on relationships in my yeah. Instagram feed or um my actual friends <laughs> you know, yeah that's follow. always nice too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or somebody ch- showing me how to be a stronger person how to not just be trying to make myself smaller at every opportunity and it did take a while, but eventually the feed worked out. This is what Nadine likes. And Nadine's going to want to see this, so we'll show it to her. I think you can train it, but again, you have to train it. You have to show it what you like and what works for you. Yes. And i that's one of the things that I think people don't understand. I agree with you mm. like that. And it's something that, because of my background, I sort of got. Yeah. And I thought, actually, you know, I'm going to spend umpteen hours training ChatGPT or whatever it is I'm using um, to know what I like. I can actually start with a blank page, put a word on it. If necessary, take that word to the thesaurus. Does anybody know what a thesaurus is? Lesser spotted is very good. And um, words similar, similar words. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll get a bunch of those. And I'll say, oh, right, that set me off. And then I'm scribbling away yep mm-hmm. yeah. um but the idea of spending however many hours it would take you know as you said with instagram hmm. to train chat gpt to what i liked yeah i i'm too old there aren't enough hours in a day <laughs> yeah it's uh it's an investment of time yeah. to, to to get I, I, I probably should want speak people like you and others yeah. doing it who <laughs> Let us do want it. to make the investment. And, you know, it's yeah. like 
here you go. <laughs> yeah, and I think I'm I'm wary of talking too much about ChatGPT because I haven't used it as much as other tools. Like the one I was showing you was like was writer then, but my partner loves ChatGPT and he uses it all the time. But he's uh, in data science, so it does a lot of that manual work that really would take him a long, like a long, long time. So I was showing you on those lives, like this is how I would maybe get writers then to give me a, a paragraph that gives me somewhere to start from and I'll be like yes. okay two or three of those ideas work and I'll add three or four of my own and rewrite them so that they they sound like more pithy yeah. um whereas uh the kind of stuff that he does like crawling databases would take a human hours and in my opinion a human shouldn't have to do that yeah. but I'd say this about writing as well. In my experience, and I hope you've never had this experience, Ellen, but my experience working in editorials, you often get the junior to write something. And I've had this request as well. Can you just write something? Because like I'm burnt out and I can't think of anything. I need you to just write something and I'll react to it and I'll edit it. And then they hack apart what you wrote, which is fine. <laughs> but also the junior then feels like, oh, I'm not a good writer. I'm just being used to sort of a cattle fodder or like the the frontline people in the the, the yeah. uh, military you know the yeah. the foot soldiers and that's really demoralizing and you can get chat gpt to do that so <laughs> yeah that's a good use for me is use yeah. chat gpt instead of the poor intern that would actually rather be doing something else than giving you something you're going to hack to pieces and maybe even like giving the poor intern um get chat chat gpt stick this you edit it see what it does and then yeah. Yeah, and edit it yourself and make it better. Exactly. And then show yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah. And and we'll go through it and la 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 and all that sort of thing. And then it gives that person a reason to be and they don't feel A like cannon fodder or B like yeah. you know, they're they're just, you know, somebody who's shoveling dirt or, or yeah something. you just say like well I could probably I probably didn't need to get a degree in modern languages to just be like on this production exactly. line yeah um yeah and and it is it is something that I've definitely seen in uh in the corporate world is that writers we're, we're a production line and I have had people use that expression with me like Nadine, I trust you to get this through the production line. And they mean my writers, my designers, and, you know, like, they're like, here, this is what Excuse I need. Me, that's my team. Exactly. Yeah. And you're, you're like, in, <laughs> it's incredible. But I've had people say that trying to be kind to me. Like, I, you know, like, they're trying to give me a compliment. I trust you to get this through. Or, you know, I, I know that you'll do this, like, perfectly. Or I've even had, yeah, and people that use, like, the possessives with writers and designers, like, my writers and things like this it's kind of like it's this possessive assumption that we're no, producing I don't belong to anybody, excuse me yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's a very yeah it's a very do you want to say hello again come and say hello again hello hello harlequin face cat okay. you are you are like a, an italian harlequin young person harlequin yeah <laughs> He is. He's such a good boy. He hates when I do that, but he does tolerate me. Oh, all right. Um, the human wants, yes. <laughs> oh, God. If he gives me food later, I suppose that's okay. Cleans my cleans my litter box and, you know, does all, all the, the good slave well, things. does all the necessary life. for me, then I'm okay. Yeah, I quite agree. But to go back, I really don't – I mean, it just took me to something. We were, we were talking a little bit about it on posts recently, is how – people and I think quite a lot of people who are in what one might call the boss category mm. people 
Um, and they can really disrespect the people who work for them. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to think that regularly they're doing it unknowingly. I think they don't so, realize. but that's not good either. Not better. No, no. no. Internalized racism and right. racism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make it okay. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, mean, I you know, I, I could go into a lot of horror stories, but I think that one thing I did especially learn was that I really wanted to be in this role of, you know, chief writing officer, mm -hmm. um, because I think that those of us in creative jobs, while there's a lot of technical skills, as you've seen with the SEO and the formatting and mm -hmm. trying to, you know, feed the algo what it wants, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of personal and psychological logic behind what we do that... Mm -hmm. In the nicest way, a lot of salespeople wouldn't grasp. They know their own elements of psychology for their job. They don't need to know ours in the same way that I don't need to know theirs. But there is a sort of ownership that people often feel of what I do. And I'll give the example of like a web page. I love writing web pages for people like you, you know, solopreneurs, because you talk through the person, you understand them enough, and then you say, here's what I think. I understood from you, you work with them. And that's quite nice having a couple of chefs on something. In corporate, even though you hire professional writers and copywriters to make your landing pages, when something is public, there seems to be this assumption that everyone can weigh in on it, even if they're not an expert in copywriting. And that can be really frustrating when you've got everyone from the CEO down to, you know, the six, seven levels between you and the CEO all weighing in with very differing opinions. And you're trying to in, uh, take all you want to take on all the feedback that they give you, but then what ends up coming out is something incredibly bland and very boring, and that yes. doesn't really communicate any kind of branding or personality or anything that would make the company stand out. And that's why I feel like you do have too many chefs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the problem behind that is that people feel this ownership of copy and content, which, in the nicest way, I don't go up to the chief revenue officer and tell them how to pitch someone. You know. No. So there's a or you don't go but, but, but it, it's one way and tell him how to do his budget oh my god i would know well, i exactly. would ruin it <laughs> you know and um i i think that um i'm going to be my usual slightly rude and risque self um i don't know whether you ever watched um clint eastwood movies um long long ago and these are the dirty harry ones where he's a, a, a really renegade cop it's they're, they're very yeah, yeah yeah i mean i'm familiar with them yeah yeah and uh, they've got their funny bits and they've got actually they've got some very good relationship psychology and stuff in them right. as well um but there's one <laughs> and he's 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 following his boss who is actually um something of an idiot and also a climber and all you know social climber kind of thing and also um he's been a bit on the take as a police his policeman boss okay he's right. not, not cool really okay. and um so the boss is walking in front of him saying and Sansa's opinion is such and such. Sansa's opinion of you is so and so and such and such and such and such and so Clint Eastwood comes along behind said opinions are like assholes everybody's got one <laughs> it's it's one of the it's, best it's, quotes of all time. <laughs> it's everyone's got one yeah absolutely it's, yeah and so and so much so with words I think there's yeah. as, as you were saying you know I I can't do what you do and you were looking at the stuff I was doing and saying I probably don't want to do what Nathan yeah. does and I certainly um, can't yeah <laughs> well I mean you could with time but I think it's, it's one of these things where but we all use words so we feel like 
well, we all write, which is true. Uh, we all write. And I guess because people can write, they feel that they can have an opinion on something. I've done a video about this recently because it used to wind me up no end that people, and I hear this, this is a quote from people like, I don't know how to do like design, but I can tell you what it doesn't look like. And you're like, oh. <laughs> like an infuriating thing. Tell to you say. what doesn't look right to me. To me. Exactly. And I don't know how long it'll take you to change it into something that looks right to me, or I don't know how long, I don't know what's really involved or what's even possible. And that's why I was saying it's important to understand other people around you. And this applies to any job. If you're a CFO, you want to understand what the accountant does, but you also want to do what your your new bookkeeper does. Yeah. And their roles are different, you know, slightly. Whereas but you trust people to do that kind of thing, but you still need to have an understanding enough to say, okay, if I ask the bookkeeper to do this, it's going to take them this many hours. I can't ask the accountant to do that because I know it's not possible. So I need to ask him to, do you know what I mean? Like you do need to have an understanding of people's jobs, but without that, you don't want to get to the point of, I know your job, therefore I can tell you what to do. Like no, without and I think that is very, very, very wrong. And hmm. you know, some, some bosses do know right down to, I mean, I, my father was an engineer and he could go into the factory floor and pick up a file and do a file, a perfect job on something. Right. Um, he wouldn't. I mean, unless somebody had got right up his nose and then he would just like. <clears throat> to show them he can do it. Yeah. Um, you think, do you? OK, right. Um, but he knew when they weren't doing it right. Hmm. Um, but he would know that anyway, even if he couldn't do the job, he could, you know, miss he, he wasn't he wasn't his accountant in this company mm. or anything like that. So he he would sort of say, um, excuse me, Fred, but do you really think so? Mm. You know, about so and so. Because he got enough knowledge of life and people and how people think and the cat, I, sorry. That's all right. I'm Let's sorry. Go, don't say sorry, except to the cat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Toast. Well, you probably shouldn't put yourself under my feet. <laughs> oh, it was one of those, was it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> She'll forgive me. She will. She might even. Sorry, I interrupted your story. <laughs> no, don't worry. But I think it's important that people, as you say, know what is going on around them hmm. without necessarily knowing the detail of the job or being able to do it. But then maybe... <laughs> When I was leading teams and things, my boss, my job was more of a coordinator to yeah. work together. So like, yeah, we need Fred and Tony on that and mm. well, you do this bit and then coordinate with them and then can you all bring it back to me? Yeah. Um, and I'll go and see the finance bloke at the top and tell him that we need, you know, another 100,000 quid kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they sort of say, good luck, we'll have the coffee on. And- <laughs> But we, there was the respect of everybody knowing what they were doing, Mm. but not the need to, nobody needed to score over me. No, no, and and, and they shouldn't. No, exactly. I mean, I, I tend to think that 
and this is a very good about uh, evolution of the corporate world. I tend to think that the rise of project managers is an incredibly positive thing because, as you say, a lot of times you're coordinating. If you're someone like me, I really I do enjoy working with a big team. Um, I and but I also enjoy working on my own and executing. There are times when I feel like, oh, if I had a project manager to manage me, like to manage my work and tell me how I need to go from one thing to do that translation, and I, I think that. The alternative to having project managers who are not experts in what the people below them are like, they understand enough. They understand yeah. that the writer does this, the web team does this. We need the SEO person involved at this point of the project. Mm -hmm. um, if they can understand that, they'll often talk to you without condescending exactly. in the sense of I'm going to review your work and see whether it's any good. But they are coordinating you. And that's and the reason I think that's really good is because there are some people that the main thing they're good at is coordinating and relating to other people whereas the alternative is your best writer your most impactful sales writer taking that management role because they're the best at what they do and then taking their time away from actually being that amazing writer that sells a lot for doing you doing the stuff that was actually selling the stuff for your company exactly so if that like I, I know it's very difficult to really manage in reality, like it's the communist sort of like flat hierarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, realistically, we do need people. We do need a sort, certain terms of type of hierarchy. But I've been very happy working on teams where there was a project manager that didn't know that didn't know my trade or the trade of the other people I was working with, but they help coordinators. Yeah. I think that's a very important. I was talking about it with actually a couple of other people over the past two weeks. And we were saying because. Lots of you read lots of posts on social media, LinkedIn, mm. or articles or something, and they say, Oh, you know, you're a bit weak at this, therefore, you need to improve mm -hmm. so and so. Yeah, we were sort of saying, Well, actually, no, um, I'm really good at this, and I'm very good at that. Mm -hmm. Let me do that one thing at that. So, yeah. why don't we give it that? Because Nadine's really good at it, why don't we give it to Nadine? or to Rita or to somebody else or just hire someone that does it yeah well, that's, that's actually it. An expert well, why have we got yeah. to do everything ourselves yeah. yeah um you know and we we're both saying and I, I feel you're going to agree is that by trying to do everything ourselves we're actually taking bread out of other people's mouths yeah oh yeah and doing it badly i mean yeah yeah <laughs> as well you know two bads you know and two wrongs do not make a right <laughs> yeah no I completely agree I completely agree but I will also say that there's this there's becoming this idea of your genius zone and I'll fight people like Noshin who talks about this there's a lot of people who um talk about your zone of genius but the first time I heard it when I was at WeWork which was a cult when I was there essentially <laughs> um we were all very much brainwashed into you know the the whole uh, thing it was impressive it was a real and incredible human experiment to be a part of at the time that I was there now we work has decided it is a real estate company it's not a tech company and it's also not you know a family but it was very interesting to be there and one thing they did teach us was okay if Nadine's like not amazing at something rather than being like Nadine you to get better at this lean into things that you're really good at because it's more likely that Nadine can be amazing and number one at this one thing if she focuses on that whereas if she focuses on bringing the things that she's not very good at let's say counting uh, yes. or math right, up right. to like that level the best she's ever going to be is mediocre yeah. so yeah. let her just not do math you know like get why, why does <laughs> let she let her be why a does genius she have to do that? yeah exactly, exactly. yeah and the 
your weaknesses are actually, this is something um, as a coach that I try and help people with, is that your weaknesses actually help you to bring out your strengths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. actually help you to let go of the fact that, yeah, I'm useless at maths, um, mm-hmm. you know, let's have an accountant, it's great. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, I'm useless at SEO and all that kind of thing, you know, Nadine, come and do this job for me because I can't do it. And I'm not... I'm not embarrassed by not being able to do it. Mm. And I and I'm quite happy to give it away. But also I'm very good at the things that I do like doing. That's important. Mm. And I always do have you, been is if you like doing it, you're going to be good at it. Do you think you are like doing it because you're good at it, or do you think you're good at it because you like doing it? The second one. Okay, good at it because you like doing it. Yeah. You're on that side, yeah. Yeah. And this is how it's always been for me and how it is for many of my clients mm. um, who come to me and they, they sort of, you know, they're, they're, they're coming in, you know, well, you know, I've got to improve at this, I've got to do this. And, and then you eventually sort of give them some, they don't, and they go, oh, thank goodness, now I can get on with doing what I like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an ego battle at the end of the day. I think we all, it's not just an ego battle, it's our self esteem. We're so, we're made to feel, especially if you spend any time working as an employee, which yeah. the majority of us have, we're made to feel like our value is always being, and it is, this is why, because it is always being measured. We're always being thought of as like a, a, a little part of the revenue. Yeah. So you spend so much time thinking, oh, I'm being judged. If I don't know this, they're going to, you know, and actually just being able to say, I don't know this and I don't need to know this is so freeing. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. And I want what I'm hoping for. Um, I, I'm getting involved with a, a group of people who are going to do a big thing, a um, big academy thing on online, we hope, um, which oh, might cool. be pushing this sort of thing. I should tell you all about it later. Mm. But um, it's like we need to actually get the bosses on side for this so that yeah. and that they're trained that, you know, when they sort of say, oh, Ellen, you know, you can you can do this for me. No, I can't. I hate doing that. I should bugger it up. Yeah, I'm just and, just out and, of spite. <laughs> well, not quite out of spite. It's because I really, you know, my head will be off. Like I'd really like to be out. In yeah. The, I really want to be feeding the birds. I really want to be stroking my cat. I really want to be doing anything but this job. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all, I think, worked in jobs where it's like, is it is it time to clock off yet? Is it time? To yeah. Clock? And we've all worked in jobs where somebody has given us something without like even the the respect of saying, I know that you don't like this, but please, like I, I need, I can't do it. Would you please? Just, I know we will hire someone to do this eventually. Um, or even involving you in the process and saying, I know you don't like this, but you know more about it than anyone else. So could you help us find out for something yeah. like this is our budget? Like I, I just, yeah. yeah it's, I know we talk so much about leadership and human leadership and empathy and all of these things. I feel like it's very easy to talk about. It's very hard to do in practice. And it's because we've been brought up in these societies, which are, you know, I was still brought up preparing for the Industrial Revolution. It was following instructions. <laughs> yes, do what yeah. you're told. Yeah. Um, and I was very good at that. I continue to be very good at following instructions. If you give me very clear instructions, I will do literally what I'm told. But 
<laughs> don't ever hire me either. Because <laughs> I won't. I'll say, why are we doing it now? No, maybe I'll get there. Maybe it's like, it's like you know, you need maturity to be. Yes, to I no, agree. That is a waste of time, me doing that. But I, I agree. Think that we've all been trained to follow yeah. instructions. So it feels yeah. very wrong to go back and say, I really don't want to do that. And I will probably not do a very good job. And um, I and it does take you're you're quite right about maturity or ju- I just call it age because it's got less syllables. Um, but it's like you know I'm at a stage now. Where it's like oh, and when you do sensor, no, <laughs> uh, yeah. why not? Because I hate it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's oh, enough of a reason. It's me, no. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I love you dearly, but no. <laughs> Find someone else to it. Yeah. It's, if I, and it's that kind of respect. And there's we've been grown up for at least a thousand years, if not more, with hierarchy. You know, there's a, yeah. um, there was a beautiful old comedy show with sort of three blokes in it, and there's sort of the tall bloke, the middle-sized bloke, and the short bloke. And I'm upper class. Everybody does what I tell them. I'm middle class, so I look up to him, but I look down on him. And the bottom one goes, "I know my place." Yeah. <laughs> and we're brought up to that. And it's way, way past its sell-by date. Oh, it's way past. It's ridiculous. And I, I have had a, I'm going to say fascinating, but also quite traumatising experience of mm. moving into a different culture where class mm. is so different to how it works in the UK. Mm. So in England, um, I tend to think, and you'll tell me if this is true, I tend to think your class is dictated by your accent. Yes, of course. Mm. Yeah, as you've just very well demonstrated with the tall, middling and and small person. Um, I had, and I I do still have sometimes a Midlands accent, that's where I'm from, and we're not known for being, you know, the the classy of English people. But when I come here, people go, oh my God, you're English, you're so elegant and punctual. And I'm like, have you met any English people? Anyway, exactly. I'm trying to make with this is that here, your class is very much dictated the way that you the, the way you look. So the the fairer you are tends to dictate your class. Now that's not to say that there are no exceptions, but there is a very visible difference as to how tall, short, you know, what colouring you are, you can guess someone's class. And that for me was very weird. Yeah. Like a very strange experience. Yeah. To come from quite a working class family, or like my parents were brought up very working class and you know, you eat what's on your plate and waste not, want not, that sort of uh, logic and you work hard and that's how you, that's how you make a living is working hard. It's yep. not like, uh, yeah, so um, those kind of, that logic and then coming here and people being like, the assumption that I would be rich. <laughs> I'm also like, I'm going to be such a disappointment to you. <laughs> it's very strange to, to go into a different dynamic where class is visible. Because mm. I can change my accent. Oh, yeah. Posh accent. I could talk like Bath and like my friends do from London. I don't, but well, um, I, I can give you this one. We I come from our kid <laughs> from Yorkshire, Dudley. D- ah, okay. We yeah. I come from our kid. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a re- but that's a very <laughs> good. A lot of you accent. won't have understood that, but it's where yeah. do you come from our kid. <laughs> our kid, yeah, it, it, yes, and but there's that, but there's this whole thing that. So I've got an accent like that, or mm-hmm. you know, um, where are we going with that? It's the old thing then, which is my <laughs> accent, which is what I was brought up with. Yeah. But that's not who I am. I am all the things that have grown me into this, and you are all of the things that have grown you into you. And 
the fact that, you know, this guy earns sort of twice as much as I do doesn't make him a better person or her a better person. And he doesn't or she doesn't know the things that I know. Mm -hmm. And we're not yet used to, when I was in the psychology training, um, three of our tutors were particularly onto this. It was like, when you're working with someone, you work equal eyes, right across. You don't look up and you don't Mm -hmm. look down. It's equal eyes. Mm -hmm. And we need that in all forms of business and industry. Mm -hmm. You're really good at what you do. You're really good at what you do. I'm really good Mm -hmm. at what I do. Mm-hmm. And we're all a team together, and I've got these responsibilities. Yeah. You've got those. You've got those. And if we had that, there'd be less resentment as well. Oh. The other way, there's, there's so much of you know. Yes, if you're if you're rich, that doesn't make you better. If you earn more, that doesn't make you better. But also the kind of internalized inferiority complex. Yeah. Yeah. If we could get rid of this assumption that um, because you earn less or you whatever, you're shorter. I don't know that you're worth yeah, less. You're dark. Because that is a reality. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like the the top CEOs are all above six foot. So there is like there are things <laughs> in the world. I, I think that's hysterically funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're, weird, but... six, you're only going to be a CEO if you're over six foot. Let me measure you now. <laughs> You might be a CEO, but you won't be one of the top earning CEOs. Yeah, it, it, it is true. So actually, I love remote work for that reason, because it does democratize to a yes. certain extent. You're still depending on people having good Wi-Fi. And I've talked about this before. Like if people have good Wi-Fi, it doesn't matter. I loved when I first went into the pandemic and suddenly rather than like um, who was there was present and, you know, what, what outfits you're wearing. We were all on the screen with a little box of the same size. Yeah. Everyone from as the executive. As long as you're okay from here up, person. you're fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was also one thing. PJs on yeah. fine. <laughs> when I put my face on, doesn't matter what I'm wearing on underneath. Yeah, Um. but it, it was a great equaliser because the CEO and the new person had the same size box on Zoom. And I felt like that was really lovely because I you're taking way although you can't get over the way people look and their race and their age and their ethnicity and their background and all of these things you can't get past that uh with a with zoom just the space that you take up was democratized so that was that was very interesting to see um I'm fascinated by the class discussion it really I I studied a lot of migration and a lot of the um uh the conquest uh, for example, uh, during my university days, it does fascinate me. Mm. And it is incredibly both interesting and um, heartbreaking to live in yes, a country where it is still visible. Yeah, yeah. Like very visible, more more than I would say, I think, in yeah. where I was brought up in England. Well, um, I find it in England still. And I yeah. look at it and I think, really? Yeah, are we really, like, we haven't evolved at all. Yeah. Feminism has only gone backwards since the 70s, yeah. <laughs> um, your name, I mean, where I live now, you know, if, if you're called Corbett, everybody will be going. Oh. Right. Because they came over yeah. with the Common Conquest. Oh, right. Being, you know, half Saxon, half Welsh is like, yeah. go home, you bloody invader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it it's there, you know, mm. and there's this sort of thing oh so-and-so's he's been at that farm for 250 mm. years so therefore he's better than you yeah yeah we can't we can't avoid it I think it, it like we can't ignore it no but we um, need we we don't we I feel and we're gonna have to draw this 
pull this and <laughs> um, i feel too that we need to actually notice this yeah and actually start saying well actually no i don't do it that way mm -hmm. call it out all people yeah the more people who call it out the more people who say no i don't do that mm -hmm. yeah then more other people who are too nervous to say it before will come actually i don't do that either mm. and then yeah. you will get the change yeah 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 it's all about bringing those differing opinions isn't it Everyone and that's where we thing. need people like you who are writing who are able to take my writing and yeah. turn it into content that is easily readable by lots and lots of people mm -hmm. whereas you know i know my writing is brilliant but not everybody can read it Almost. And not everyone will read it the first time. Sometimes you need to give them a taster, yeah, and warm them up to it. Little, little, you know, you know, have a have a crisp, have a have a cake here, have a, have yeah, a, you know. Have then you invite them for the banquet. At your house. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and so you know, this is all this. We all need each other. This is the community thing. Mm. We do. No, we do. Yeah. I, I um, am where I am now, thanks to other people, of course, and thanks to people, you know, um, seeing something in me that maybe even I didn't see yeah, yeah. and giving me an opportunity. Yeah. So and I, there is nobody on earth that that isn't true for. Nope. Nope. And it, we are, you know, the old poet of 1600 and spelling mistake or whatever it is, John Donne said, no man is an island. Ooh, and, okay he said man but no person is an island but did you know before the 15th century man did mean person i know i know <laughs> of course you knew this i can't educate ellen in <laughs> well unfortunately because you know most of my stuff goes back to the bloody paleolithic um and i love languages like you do and it's sort of like no we've put i mean even in the 19th century man meant everyone every man yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. in the beginning of the 20th century, man meant every man. It's only in the last 50 to 100 years that we've turned it into a gender. That we've divided. Yeah, and it's not. Mm -hmm. And if you go back far enough then, Q-man comes from um, ancient, I think it's um, Jewish words, mm -hmm. and who means God, and man means thinker. What a strange name that we adopted that for ourselves, well, isn't it? Well, <laughs> well, about our ego. <laughs> or, or, or is this aspirational? Are we all working towards being God thinkers? Yeah. I don't know. Well, but it's, it's the sort of thing that we need to bring in more of because we need to stop making things smaller and make yeah. things more inclusive. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Nadine, I could go on for you forever. I know. <laughs> Well, we'll do it. Again. It's like we have to draw a line at some point. <laughs> we do, we do, and we'll do it again because um, hopefully people will enjoy it. And it's just getting things out there and getting expansive. Yeah. But if yeah. you want to have a fraction of Nadine, you can have a, a small or a large fraction of Nadine. Yeah, you can choose your yeah, stuff, size, of, size, of slice of cake you have. Exactly. Um, but no judgment. <laughs> No judgment of the size. Larger the better, it's fine. Um, but all of Nadine's notes and connections and all that stuff, way to get in touch with her and more about what she does and more about what I've I've seen with her will all be in the show notes. So 
Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Love you to do the talk. Thank you. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Hope it pulled out some new ideas and new ways of looking at life, the universe, and everything. And I'd love to know your comments, so do send them to me. Doing and being badassery is fun. It makes your heart sing, and that helps everyone. And it helps you put the soul back in your life and in your business. Business, when it's really working, is fun, full of badass reality, and makes your heart sing. So let's stick all those rubbish old work ideas of toil and drudgery in the compost caddy. Let's recycle them into something fun and useful. That's what badassery is about, having fun and being useful. If you'd like more, get on my website, www.ellensentier.com. Sign up for my newsletters and check out my lives and vlogs. Let's get to know each other. Let's get together, have fun, grow your life and make your heart sing. Let's be real. Come on, let's light our fires. Let's light our fires.